Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of Franchise Euphoria, I'm thrilled to have Brett Swartz, who is the founder of Capital Gains Tax Solutions. Each year, Brett helps equip hundreds of business professionals who have clients who struggle and feel trapped with capital gains tax when they sell their business, CRE, primary home, or other highly appreciated assets by using a tool called a deferred sales trust. So we talked with Brett today about that tool, the Deferred Sales Trust, and about his overall company and strategy and how he helps people who are selling businesses uh, try to take advantage of uh, the capital gains component through his Deferred Sales Trust. And though it might sound like a, uh, a topic that might not be that interesting to you, trust me, if you own a business and are ever thinking about selling it, you definitely want to tune in to this episode. Enjoy. Hello, Brett. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing? Josh, I'm better than I deserve. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for, for having me. Well, happy to have you on. I mean, you know, uh, oftentimes I'm interviewing people, you know, directly involved either as a franchisor or franchisee, somebody considering franchising their business, but uh, you're the founder of Capital Gains Tax Solutions, and you work with businesses and franchises and brokers and so forth to help people who are essentially selling their business um, uh, take advantage of tax deferral opportunities. Did, did I do that justice? You did it. You did it justice, just fine. Yeah, exactly right. When people go to sell their highly appreciated business, uh, they're faced with capital gains taxes somewhere between thirty and fifty percent, depending on the depreciation recapture. And we use a deferred sales trust to help them defer all that, and then uh, put it back into a business when they want to, or commercial real estate. Well, and just to get this out at the start so that people don't tune off when they hear the word tax, because we know how exciting that can be for a lot of people. Um, you, you do it in a very, um, very unique way um, and very specific way so that people can really identify uh, the tax benefits. So if you're tuning into this right now, stay on and pay attention to it because this is going to give you some real appreciable ways to save money when you're looking to sell your business. And we're not talking about, you know, saving a penny here or a penny there, but we're talking about significant tax planning strategies, right? Correct. Exactly. And uh, millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'll just give you a, a quick, quick example. Um, so there's a, a car dealership as a business in, in central California and it was a $80 million sale. We saved them around $20 million in capital gains tax and depreciation recapture that they would have paid. And so this all has to do with an installment sale that's a manufactured installment sale that gives you more flexibility than the traditional installment sale, which your listeners may be aware of. Well, so tell me your background. So, I mean, how did you get into this? When did you start it? What did you do before this? And then let's dive into what you actually do to help these business owners. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Yeah, so I started at Marcus and Militech actually back in 2006 as a commercial real estate broker. 
in Sacramento, California, originally from the Bay Area, Mission, San Jose, Fremont area, and uh, building homes with my dad, custom homes as a youngster, kind of learned the entrepreneurial business side of things, and went to college and studied business, and then started at Marcus and Melanchap in 2006. And along, those, along that journey, we learned about a, a strategy called a 1031 exchange, which is a, a tax deferral strategy, which enables you to defer taxes when you buy and sell investment real estate. It also works for businesses too, but most businesses have a hard time doing it because of equal and greater value. And, and most folks who are selling a business typically want to perhaps go, go somewhere else. And so along the journey, we learned about a deferred sales trust as an alternative or backup plan. And, and, and it really became apparent when a lot of my clients who are the baby boomers were wanting to retire or wanting to be rid of the toilets, trash, and liability and wanting to be uh, perhaps diversified and liquid uh, rather than staying in their uh, properties. And so, uh, you know, a neat stat for your listeners is according to the American Bankers Association, there's about 20, 17 to $20 trillion that will pass from one generation to the next in the next 20 years. And this is known as the baby boomer generation, and it's known as the largest wealth transfer in the history of the world. And they're faced with challenges such as high capital gains taxes, depreciation recapture. And there's about 77 million baby boomers in the U.S. alone. And every single day, about 10,000 of them turn 65. And so with that, when I was at Marcus and Millichap, a lot of my clients were getting older and they just wanted to be done with their their properties, like I said, and, and they didn't want to do another 1031 exchange and start over with new toilets, new trash, new liability. So fast forward about 10 years, um, the markets changed a lot and, and, uh, and it went from a crash to a big boom now. And we're seeing just so, so much appreciation, not only in the real estate, but also in businesses. And these same baby boomers who were, you know, uh, 10 years younger, uh, 10 years ago are now older and they're wanting to get out of their business. But they don't have a clear, you know, strong strategy, most of them that, I, that we meet with, um, for tax deferral and to be able to retire and be liquid with their funds and diversified into stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. So that's what we really fit, fit, fit this niche. And that's kind of how the story started. Well, and so is your focus just purely on the tax deferral piece or do you do other elements of it? Is that really the, the niche that you guys just stick to? Yes, great question. So who are we? Maybe a better a better, better way to answer that. Uh, th- we're a part of a bigger organization called the Estate Planning Team, which is, which is a membership group. And so we literally have thousands of professionals across the U.S. that we work with, including business brokers, including commercial real estate brokers, financial advisors, insurance professionals, uh, banks, um, and in every, uh, you know, really every day or every week, we're signing up new, more and more folks to, to join, join us in this, this really this focus on how to help clients create and preserve wealth through, through tax deferral strategies. And so, um, yeah, so my focus is really on empowering the business broker, the financial advisor, the commercial real estate syndicator, commercial real estate broker to give their clients an alternative to a 1031 exchange or for some, they don't even have an option um, like artwork or collectibles or, or even a primary home. So yeah, we, we focus on the educational piece of the deferred sales trust um, and compare that to other, other tax deferral strategies so that more people can help more, more people pay less in tax. Well, and so are you working direct with consumers or are you more working with the advisors that then work with the consumers? 
You know, it's a mixture of both, honestly, Josh. So we have folks reach, reach out to us directly and, and then we say, hey, look, you know, bring your own financial advisor in, right? Who can manage, who can be one who can manage the trust funds or use one of our, our preferred partners. Um, so I would say it's 50-50, but my real focus on my energy is to focus on the business professional because they're, they're the trusted advisor. You know, they're the ones who have a long-term relationship with, with their clients. And so we just come in as a part of their team um, in a sense, uh, for, for this tax strategy. Um, but, but sometimes people call us directly and we'll work with them directly as well, but I don't, I don't manage the funds. I'm just the trustee. That's, that's how I, I get paid on this. Um, and we, we work with, uh, whatever advisor they have, uh, to, to, to service the rest of the account. Okay. So tell me, let's break this down for people who are listening, for people who are either, you know, maybe they own, you know, a franchise location, maybe they own multiple locations, maybe they own the franchise system itself and they're looking to, to sell it. What, what are sort of, you know, do you have, do you have a, a process or steps that you take people through to first identify, you know, obviously what you're dealing with and then what is the best way for them to go forward? I mean, would you be willing to share some of those? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start with the premise. So, so again, most business owners at a certain point, if they've been successful enough, they're going to struggle with capital gains tax when they go to sell. And everyone at a certain point is going to sell their business, right? And uh, most of it may, may pass it on to heirs as well if you want to do that. But at a certain point, you may want to sell and harvest all of the hard work, all the blood, sweat, and tears that you've used, that you've, uh, you've, you've earned <clears throat> and uh, put into the business to retire, right? And so when, when they're doing that, they're faced with a 30 to 50% of, of the capital gains tax depreciation recapture. So we use the deferred sales trust and it does a few things in that it gives not only tax deferral, but also liquidity and the diversification. So they can put their funds into stocks, bonds, mutual funds if they're choosing. But here's the biggest one for those who maybe want to start another business, up to 80% of the funds can be used to fund the next business venture by partnering with the trust, all tax deferred. So we like to call it the, the go fund yourself, right? Instead of go fund me, you know, instead of having a bank fund you, you can use your own tax deferred money to fund your next next project, your next deal, your next franchise that you wanna open up. And so it's it just creates so much more options for, for clients and for business owners who are selling. So uh, that's that's kind of the, uh, the premise. So let's walk through what we typically um, ask as far as the process. So we're just going to ask, you know, what's your depreciation? How much have you taken? You know, what's your basis? <clears throat> How much tax would you owe today if you were to sell? And let's just use a $10 million example, Josh. Let's just say you were selling a business for $10 million and you had a zero basis. You've owned it for 30 years and you owed zero on it. So you had no, no loans. And so if you were to sell today and you live in California, you'd probably be facing somewhere between 37 and 50% of your gains. It's going to be wiped out. Uh, let's just use 40% as an example. So we're going to start there and say, okay, Josh, looks like you get about 40% uh, tax. That's about $4 million. Would you like to have $10 million in a deferred sales trust and live off of that interest? Or would you like to have $6 million and, and not use our services? So that's the value piece. And that's what we teach business brokers. Because every day, business brokers are faced with how to add value to people who are selling a business. And they're faced with automation. And they're faced with uh, technology that's changing the industry. And so when you can come in and add real tangible value to someone like Josh who's selling his, his business for, uh, for, for an extra $4 million that he can live off of, <clears throat> Josh becomes really happy. Uh, perhaps the business broker gets more fees, but ultimately the business owner can retire. He doesn't have to feel trapped anymore. Right? He doesn't have to feel like he has to continue to work. He doesn't have to feel like he, he has to get to a certain number to net a certain number. You know, we help, we help veterinarians out. We're doing a deal right now. 
in Stockton for a gentleman who's selling a, a, a practice. And, and for him, he has two kids that are young and he has a wife and he's only 45. So he's still pretty young, but he'd like to sell and take advantage of this highly appreciated market. And Stockton was one of the hardest hit uh, cities in America back in the 08, 08 crash. And now he can sell at a high, high price and he can defer a 1.5 million in tax. So if he didn't use our service, he'd have three. If he uses our service, he'll have 4.5. And so the comment he made to us is, Brett, you're not only giving me money back, you're giving me time. Because otherwise, I'd have to work till I'm 60 years old and perhaps sell at 6 million and net the same amount today of 4.5 if I were to sell today at 4.5 and, and, and use the deferred sales trust. We'll break that down a little bit for people who are listening because of the concept, I think uh, we, we understand. But break down the trust aspect of it. You're going in and essentially you're saying to the owners, okay, here's exactly what we think you know, the numbers are going to look like. As you said, you know, here's what the, the value is, the basis. Here's what the tax hit is likely going to be. Give some sort of estimate. At that point in time, are you working with them to set up a trust vehicle that then the sales flow into? And then by flowing into a certain, you know, qualified trust vehicle, they're able to then defer their payment of taxes on that and utilize those funds for other means, whether it's for a new business um, and or utilize them in other in other legal ways. Is that how it works? Precisely. I mean, you, you hit it on the head. Now let's talk about some of the details, right? So you're going to have a cash buyer lined up. So let's just say Josh is selling his his uh, auto franchise, you know, he has, he has a number of, of auto uh, service companies, right? And, and there's five or six or seven or 10 and, are, and collectively it's a $10 million sale. And so a buyer's lined up, they're ready to go. They say, Josh, I'm ready to buy your property, your business for $10 million. What are we going to do? Uh, uh, we're going to jump in right in before that close. Okay. Because if that buyer gives you that 10 million, Josh, you're going to, the tax is going to be triggered. Okay, so instead we're going to do an installment sale with the trust. So the trust is going to jump in right in between you, Josh, the seller, and the buyer who is purchasing your business. And instead of uh, you selling directly to the seller, you're going to sell to the trust in exchange for an installment note for ten million, and immediately turn around and sell it to the buyer for ten million. And because you, Josh, took a zero down payment and you carried back all of the $10 million, you're in what's called a, uh, an installment sale. You're in a deferral state for that $10 million. And since the trust bought it for $10 and sold it for $10, they, they don't owe any tax. They bought and sold for the same price. And the buyer takes title the same way he would have normally. So he goes away. The smoke clears and the funds are sitting in stocks, bonds, mutual funds of, of, uh, based upon your risk tolerance with your own financial advisor and it's in a deferral state. You're just living off the interest. So I'm going to pause there because you might have some questions on what I just said. Yeah. So yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Tell me this. How, how did you come up with this or did you come up with this or did somebody else did? And then you, so first of all, how do we know this thing is illegal and who's who's really the smart people here? Okay. So the smart people I call are the brain surgeons. Who are the brain surgeons? They're CPA and tax surgeons. Well, who's the brain surgeon that came up with this? Um, well, it's a group called Campbell Law Firm. They're out of Kansas City, Missouri. And, and the next question is, well, how long have they been doing it? 23 years. The next question is, how many have closed? Thousands, thousands and thousands of transactions. All different types of businesses, commercial real estate, primary homes, artwork, collectibles. 
Um, how is this legal? Well, it's based upon a tax law that goes back to the 1920s. And I'm sure you know about it, Josh. It's IRC 453, which is just an installment sale, which, by the way, is one of the number one ways people sell businesses. They do a carryback with the buyer so they don't have to pay the taxes. But generally speaking, there's always a down payment. And generally speaking, there's it's a short time frame. And maybe it's two to five years. Maybe it's 10 years. But the point is it's tied to that one particular buyer who may or may not run your business well, who you may or may not get payments from, who you may have to foreclose on and take the business back. And so you're neither diversified nor you're liquid and, and you're also tied to that. So all we're using is that installment sale law, 90-year-old tax law, but we're just introducing this third-party trust to give you that diversification, to give you that liquidity, to not have to be tied to have to foreclose back on your business, to go fund another business, to go for as long as you want, by the way. Ours, our trusts go for 10 years, Josh. At the end of 10 years, you can renew for 10 years and then renew for 10 years. Uh, the next question you should probably ask back to the legal part is, well, how many of these have been tested by the IRS? This seems like it's too good to be true. It seems like I would have heard of this. It seems like my CPA would have told me. I know we know we know it seems like all of those things are are are, are true, but they're all true. All of this is true. We've used this strategy for 23 years and have closed thousands of transactions and have survived 14 IRS audits, of which the biggest one was 125 million for a deal in San Diego. And more than that, uh, when you guys come to us or consider what we're doing, we don't charge anything unless and if the client closes the deal and unless and if the deal actually closes. And so we'll do the education. We'll do the intake. We'll take, you know, we'll take all of the details down. We'll form, get the trust all ready to go. And, and then we'll work with escrow and the business broker to execute this strategy. So we have escrow companies. We have 1031 QI companies. Um, I'll pause there again because I know I just said a lot and you may have some questions. Well, you're doing great asking those questions because those were, you know, I was just sitting here taking it all in. Uh, but actually, I one question I do have is, um, are there minimums? You know, is there a minimum level? Yeah, what's the ROI? When does it make sense, right? If I'm going to do this for the fees that are involved, we can talk about fees in a minute. Well, at what point does it just eat up the tax savings? What's the minimum? So what we found, Josh, is for every $100,000 in tax liability, that's the actual check you're writing to the state, federal, for capital gains tax and the depreciation recapture. For all that total liability, for every $100,000, there's going to be $500,000 of proceeds. Okay, So that's the first line. So if your deal is less than those two things, just probably pay the tax. So let's just say it's a $300,000 sale and you owe $50,000 in tax. It's too small. Just pay the fifty dollars and walk away with the two fifty, dollars right? But if you have a $10 million sale and a $3 million tax, well, that's a pretty good, you know, that's a pretty substantial tax. And that's a, that's a real big difference for you there, right? So the larger the deal and the larger the tax, the more it makes sense. Now, if you had a $10 million deal and only $150,000 in tax, well, just pay the tax. It's going to, the ratios are out of whack there, right? Just take the, take the nine and minus 50, you know, and, and, and just walk away with that. So we're going to look at those ratios, but generally speaking, for every $100,000 in liability, we want $500,000 of proceeds. Well, and then, and then your fee structure. So essentially you don't, you don't charge anything. You do all the consulting, you, you get them to close. And then essentially, do you take one fee at that time? Or is there also an ongoing management fee to manage and then also to renew? Cause I think you said they're 10 year vehicles. Yeah, correct. So it's both. Okay. So there's three sets of fees. So the first set of fee, first fee of the set is to the tax attorney and he charges 1.5% on the first million. 
1.25% on anything above. So let's just say it was a $3 million deal. It'd be 1.5% on that first million. And it would be 1.25 on the remaining 2 million. That includes legal and tax uh, uh, legal and tax structure, and it also includes audit defense for the life of the trust. Okay? Okay. Meaning, if there was an additional, there's an audit at any point, the the attorney would defend at no additional charge. Also, I want to mention too that we want back to the legal part of this, which is the biggest thing. We want the seller, you, Josh, or anyone who's selling, right? to bring in their trusted advisors, to vet us, to talk with us, to understand this, right? I, I liken it to, to if you're going to get surgery, Josh, okay? And it was a brain surgery and you walk in and again, there's the nurse who's taking your pulse, which is me, I'm kind of taking your pulse. And I'm saying, hey, I think you should, you should probably get surgery or should at least take a look at that, you know? And because you're, you're, you know, you're the, the numbers are big enough for, for the tax deferral. But before you say yes to surgery, bring in your CPA or tax attorney, bring in whoever your trusted advisors are. Make sure that they talk with the brain surgeons. Right. And they they say yes to the surgery. Right. We we don't want anyone to um, to just blindly accept because 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 we say so. We want actually to be better. So we, we actually have, again, part of those thousands of professionals across the U.S. We have CPAs. We have tax attorneys. We have national law firms. We have, we've already blazed the trail. We've also been scrutinized by FINRA. FINRA oversees financial advisors, okay? They'll never put a rubber stamp on anything but the oversee financial advisors. So anyway, we want to we don't invite everyone in. And on our side, we're not going to charge a dime unless you close, close on the deal. But we're going to educate and we're going to try to see if we can make something work for everybody. Um, so hopefully that answers that. So back to, to the second set of the fee. That's to uh, me, the trustee, or my company, Capital Gains Tax Solutions. We charge an uh, a, a annual recurring fee um, at close of the trust plus once a year thereafter based upon the trust proceeds. We charge 50 basis points as long as it's 100% with a financial advisor. 50 basis points is just one half of 1%. Now, if they want to go back into a business or go back into commercial real estate, something outside of basically stocks, bonds, mutual funds, then it's going to go from 50 basis points to one point. The last fee will be to the financial advisor. So whatever they're managing, they charge the same thing, about 50 basis points to, to 100 basis points, about a half of 1% to 1%. So a, a good way to look at it, Josh, would be most of our notes earn about eight based upon a, a, a moderate risk tolerance. Okay, eight percent interest, and after fees, uh, cash flow six and a half percent to the note holder. Okay, now and that's over a ten-year period, right? So it could be fourteen percent one year, and then negative two the next year, right? So we're not nothing's guaranteed. It's based upon the investments, right? It's based upon the risk tolerance. It's based upon all of those things. But generally speaking, it's going to you know be about six and a half percent. It's going to be paid out. And after fees. And so again, back to your number. Well, Josh, what were you going to pay in tax? Well, I was going to pay $4 million in tax and I would have had $6 million, and you would have saved a little bit in fees, but you still only had about $6 million to earn, let's say, 7%, you know, because you're still going to have a financial advisor managing your money probably. Um, instead, you had the full $10 million, right? This is where the ROI kicks in and you pay the, pay, the, pay the fees and you go, I'm still way ahead, right? So that's how you determine that ROI. Well, and so are there, are there ever times where people get into them and then, you know, five years in, they want to try to unwind it or like, you know, is it, are, are you in for the 10 years or, or is it, is it, is it challenging to unwind? 
if you wanted to. It's flexible. So let's just say, Josh, you close tomorrow and you want to travel the world with your wife and kids for a year and you're like, I need $500,000. The distribution can be made for $500,000. Now you're going to pay a tax on that, on that portion that you receive, but at least the other 9.5 is still in deferral, right? At that point, you're going to pay, if you do that, you're going to pay, you're going to pay tax at the uh, ordinary income level, right? Only on the interest received, right? So this is the beauty of it. So so let's just say I had been earning 8%, you know, and then six and a half after fees after one year. Well, on that six and a half percent that you earned, yeah, you're gonna pay ordinary income on that. But if you dipped into the principal, right, of that original 10 million, and now it's down to 9.5. So on that portion, it's going to be hit with capital gains tax. But that also can push you into a higher tax bracket, which Basically, it's your money, Josh. How do you want to receive it? And we'll break it down based upon what you're going to be receiving. Well, it seems fascinating. I mean, do you guys do you guys do this across the country? I mean, are you able to do it in every state? Yeah, every state. We have we have partners basically in every state. Done deals in just about every state. Again, 23 years uh, track record. So uh, we're there. Um, we're out there and we have also clients you can talk with, right? So, you know, we like, let's say a veterinarian, right? Let's just say you're a veterinarian out there and you're selling your practice. You may want to talk to the other veterinarians who have done this. Let's say you're, you, you own car dealerships. Maybe you want to talk to the guys who did the car dealerships. So oftentimes once we're kind of down the road a little bit with, they're looking like they're going to do it, you know, want to do the deal. Then we put them in touch with people to, to talk with and, 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 and find out if we say we, we, we do what we say and, and have delivered for them. So, uh, yeah, we have, we have all of that available, whatever you need. Well, if you want to learn more about this opportunity, go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. That's capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. You can also go to www.biggerpockets.com and uh, also search for them on YouTube and Facebook and I'm sure every other social media outlet that's that's available. Um, thank you, Brett, for coming on. Really appreciate it. It's really, um, it's really fascinating. I didn't know too much about uh, this kind of opportunity, but um, definitely seems really interesting. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be some people who want to learn more about it. Great, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me. I look forward to, to anyone to reach out to me and uh, connect. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says ratings and reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.